Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health Podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, aka The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. All right, let's do this. Crawdads? Mm-hmm. Ah. You'll be fine. Just don't let them pinch you. Just don't let them grab you by the little pinchers. Hey, welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. All this is Doc Hillary and Ryan. And today Howdy. we are going to be doing a bear hunting podcast. Yeah. I was going to say seminar. We are not doing a bear hunting seminar today. No, but. no seminars. <laughs> Just uh, ripping through some questions that we've had here. So we're going to yes. So Ryan's knock out a bunch of them. Instagram question a week ago gave us hundreds of questions. And we've picked probably 10 because a lot of the questions are fairly similar. There's mm-hmm. a lot you can kind of glean the same answers from yeah just take screenshots of like some of the like mass amounts of questions and this one kind of covered the gamut there's like 10 of them on that screenshot just kind of covered all the most important questions maybe yep but alrighty so I'm gonna ask you the question you're gonna answer sound good perfect Mm-hmm. All right. What's the best place to bear hunt? <laughs> so that was one of the questions in the screenshot, but it's probably it's the only question I'm not going to answer. Uh, we did get quite a few that were along those lines, like what mountain range should I go to? Blah blah blah. But no matter that's how the, you say that's the wrong question. It, people still try. They're still trying. Yeah. I got to give it to them. They just keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably younger folks, just not. Yeah, but could this be maybe? general? Like, what's the best place to hunt bear hunt? Like, you could say the yeah. Rocky Mountains or a mountain. Beware if someone does green. tell you exactly where to go. It's probably wrong. It's probably a lie. Um, I'm a liar. I lie a lot <laughs> when people ask where exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the game, but. Yeah, not the question to ask, but we can talk about general type areas for sure. sure. Yeah. Okay, number two, do you prefer spring or fall bear hunting? Spring or fall, I like them both, honestly. It's it's tough. I, I'm i getting... Can I answer this? Ryan likes to hunt whenever, wherever. I mm. don't think a season, a species, like if he wasn't so cheap and would pay for a moose tag that we were looking at last night in Idaho... <laughs> He would do it. I know. There's my answer. Yeah, that darn moose tag. I got all the way to the end. I'm like, 2700 bucks. Well, we need that a trailer. comes out of my account right now. Yeah. So, I said, you man, that's a lot of mule deer hunts. A couple moose hunts, or we could have a camping trailer. Hmm. What's it going to be? He actually chose the camping trailer, but. No, I chose like five or six mule deer hunts. Oh, an elk hunt same amount of money in there for that $2,700 yeah. as much as I'd like to get a moose I really I like mule deer and elk because I control bear. the bank account so I just go oh my account's always like how many hunting trips did your husband take <laughs> don't even ask I don't even know just <laughs> like yeah yeah anyways okay go on sorry didn't mean to interrupt uh spring or fall mm-hmm. They're both unique in their own special ways. There's advantages to both, I think. Uh, right now, I am in love with spring bear because we're literally weeks away from spring bear. So that's all I can think about. Um, come August, I will be jonesing to get on a fall bear hunt if possible. But um, I think the spring bear hunts right now are probably my favorite just because we have you know, where we live now, we have a lot more opportunity for spring bear hunts. So, uh, used to have to travel to States to do spring 
when we were back in Washington because they offered easy over-the-counter two tags for the fall hunts, but they didn't offer much for spring. You had to draw, and that was an ordeal trying to draw a spring bear hunt in Washington State. Um, but now I don't have to travel too far. I got Montana here in the backyard, and so, um, you know, I tend to never have a fall bear tag come you know, fall season, it's always kind of filled in the springtime here and then other states as well. So, um, I think the spring bear hunts are fun because right now everything's growing. It's like you've had this big lag kind of in your, your off season. And so we're just getting ramped up and it's kind of kicking off the year, uh, with some big, big trips and the, uh, you know, both hunts offer, you can make big adventures out of each one of them. Um, both of them will put you at the top of the hill for the most part. Fall bear hunts tend tend to find more of the bears at the top of the hill and the berries, and um, you know, especially huckleberries if you're in these mountain states. And then spring hunts, I like to get to the top of the hill and look down in the bottom, which is where you'll see them. Uh, and then you have to go back down to the bottom to go for them. That's kind of the name of the game, or that's that's kind of our strategy so um yeah both have i think as far as meat goes again both very good what you don't get in the spring is the fat you don't get those mass court jars of rendered down fat that you can use the rest of the year uh, you get very 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 little in the spring sometimes you'll run into a spring bear that's got a significant amount of fat but it's still not that you know, late August, September type bear that's just loaded and you're literally going in five, six inches just to hit backstrap. Um, they're super, super fatty in the fall. So, uh, but the meat is really, really good in the spring as well as the fall. So I'd, I'd choose both. They're just both great hunts, fun hunts. Great. What, uh, what's better tasting spring or fall bear? Um, like I said, I think they're real similar. Um, I mean, fall bear are really hard to beat because the fat content is so high. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot more weight, but most of that is fat on those fall bears. It's taste is hard to beat. I've never had a bad tasting spring bear or fall bear. Those fall bears are probably my favorite. Um, just because they are super fatty and, and you get to, you know, rip all that meat or that fat off and render it. But I got to say, spring bears are just as delicious. So mm -hmm. I think they both, um, they're both worthy to go for if you're going for just meat. And that's kind of what we, we hope to do is, you know, spring season, you, you know, if you work it right, you can get a couple tags in places, um, or hunt multiple states if you're able to and you know you get a great start to your year and then come fall season we should probably be almost out of bear meat bear meat so so why do bears even come out of their dens mm, yeah, that's a that question, question someone asked i'm not <laughs> asking that that sounds like a question i would ask but that's um, not my question why do they come out of their dens um well, well, they need sun and water and food. It's that time of year. Eventually. Yeah, it's that time of year coming out of hibernation. Um, you know, when that snow melts back and they're able to forage and get some food in them. Um, I learned that bears have a mucus plug as well. Yeah, they Just do have like a mucus plug. Women, they lose their mucus <laughs> plug. They better get out of there because they need food. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have that. They come out of their den and they're kind of plugged up for a bit. So it takes them a little bit of grass feeding to shake that thing. And then Usually um, when you use your mucus plug, a baby's on its way. So that's mm. all I know about mucus plugs. I had no idea that bears had mucus plugs. Oh, man. They do. A <laughs> little medical stuff in there. Most people listening have probably had a baby. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Probably well, not our audience. I would say 85% of you guys have not had babies, but your significant other probably yes. has. Okay. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, they come out, they have that plug and it takes them a little bit of, 
um, time to shake that thing and then they'll start moving around a lot more. I mean, when they come out of their den, yeah, it's, it's warmed up enough to where you're probably getting pretty close to seeing some feed as in grass salad, uh, seeing a little bit of green grass on the lower end, uh, of the hill. And then as that climbs, the bears kind of stick to that line. Um, I've heard people say, call it the green wave, uh, whatever it is, it's, it's wherever the salad is, it's where you find bears. So, um, but it is cool. The springtime is cool because you'll, you'll find bears at snow line as they just come out of the den. Um, my experience has been when I'm finding them really close, um, to that snow line, they're not moving around too much. They're pretty much right out of the den and, and they're not just cruising country. Um, some of those bears that will den up a little lower on the hill, you know, they'll, they'll be cruising around. We'll find some of those, you know, mid to mid April, second week, third week in April. Um, but in the mountain states that we hunt, really we're not seeing, um, you know, more than 50% of the bears through April. And then come May, you know, you're starting to see a, a lot more numbers out there. It takes a while for that snow line to, to move up the mountain. But I can generally, like, here's the thing about bears. I can speak to what I know and just the areas I know, but I've seen bears in, you know, low country to high huckleberry type country, like North Idaho down to the desert, um, type stuff. So, you know, choke cherry open country. And so some of these answers are just from my experiences to the areas that I've hunted, spent a lot of time in Washington, Idaho, Montana, um, those three areas. So hunting the, hunting the more mountainous states, but, um, obviously this, this information probably doesn't work across the board. I'm sure it doesn't. Um, but just from the states that I've hunted or the areas, the topography that, uh, we're kind of accustomed to in these Rocky mountain states. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so this is kind of a bigger question. Advice for a first time spring bear hunter. He's going to Idaho in May. Okay. It's a great time to go to Idaho for sure. Um, you're going to have most of the bears out, but I think, uh, my advice is do some, be as prepared as you can for the trip. Uh, talk to as many bear hunters as you know, and do your research and do your scouting. And if you can't scout physically, um, you know, getting on Google earth and panning around and 3d in it, uh, which is kind of what I spent a lot of time doing right now. And I'm looking for new areas to go find bears. Um, but that would be my advice. I think obviously with any hunt, any trip, any adventure, it's physically fit, uh, nutritionally fit, I guess you want to be, you know, at the top of your game when you, when you go hit your hunt, um, you want to have the gear, every piece of gear that you're going to need potentially and spring bear hunts you'll have hot days you'll have lousy sleety rainy days it's just that time of year where you never really know what you're going to get so um it's a great time to put your gear to the test uh you know we we tend to run we really don't do many of these spring trips anymore without a stove with the tp because typically we're going to have some days um we always carve out 10 days for these trips. We're going to have some days in there where we're going to get hammered with weather, whether it's just, you know, a little snow cloud rolls in or temp drops or uh, rain. I mean, we'll inevitably get rain. So it's nice having that little lightweight stove with the teepee shelter and, and we're able to just ride it out. So I would say, yeah, have your gear all dialed. And then as far as a new hunter, um, always try to find a, a guy that's done it before. You know, if you're lucky enough to find a mentor per se, or, um, you know, just find someone who's got some experience bear hunting, ask questions, all that. But if you don't have that and you just have to get out there and do it on your own and learn as you go, that's fun too. And, um, you'll learn a lot in a, in a bear season. I mean, you got a pretty long window 
most states, I mean, most of these openings are between April 1 and April 15th, and a lot of them go, you know, well into June. So um, you got a pretty big time span there to go chase bears. So you learn a lot, but I think finding your area is going to be number one. I think that's where, what I see is most of the questions I see is like, what area are you looking for? You know, what, what are you looking for on a map? What are you looking for? Um, now there is a question person? here. What are you looking for in particular when Google earthing? Mm -hmm. Google earthing? Google earthing. Sounds very hippie. For bears. Yeah. For bears. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, like I said, I spend a ton of time on there. And uh, kind of what I look for, and it's not the same. Again, everybody's in a little bit different topography. But I like to put myself into really rugged, nasty, cruddy areas um, where I feel like the animal I'm hunting just could grow old and die and not get seen by anyone ever. That goes with deer and, you know, especially mule deer and bears. So um, not necessary. I know a lot of guys that drive roads, uh, glass from roads, see bears, go after them, kill bears. Um, you know, here in Montana, that's probably how a lot of the bears um get taken but uh i would prefer to just hike in somewhere that looks nasty uh i really like riverbeds or river canyons or creek type canyons where there's a nasty north face with a lot of rock a lot of down timber maybe some you know um you know, dark timber mixed with rock, mixed with moss, mixed with just everything that's gnarly about a north slope um, to a nice creek drainage. And then that opposite hill is going to have more of an open south slope to it. And a lot of times I'll find that those bears will just shift from one side to the other. They'll go uh, right out of the gates. They'll end up denning on the north side uh, most times. And then they'll end up just kind of um, you know, once they're ready to kind of move away from that, then they'll end up at the lower part of the south side of the hill. That's just been my experience. And, um, you know, that green line starts to show up right at the bottom end. And um, as the, you know, temperature's warm and uh, you'll find that line just kind of goes up from that creek right up the mountain. Um, you'll start finding a lot of like those balsam flowers, which is one of the signs that, uh, the bears are probably out when we start seeing balsams just flowering all over the south side of the hill. Um, that, uh, for example, thinking of a spot or a hunt last year where got in there a little bit early and, uh, you know, showed up just hoping and praying that there was some green and there was none. And, uh, but we were there, so we stuck it out and we had really warm weather, um, on the, you know, on the radar, it was coming. And so we had like 70 degree days for the rest of that week. And when we got there, I mean, you could get on your hands and knees. You couldn't find a blade of grass that was a quarter inch tall that had green on it. And so it was just brown. Everything was brown. We weren't seeing any bears. Um, and then a couple few days in with that heat, we ended up finding one. And there was a little bit of green. Again, nasty north slope. The opposing side, the south slope had a little openness to it. It was getting the sun. It was starting to get some green and it was starting to rise up the hill. And we found that bear kind of in that bottom end, um, on the South slope. And I figure what happens most of the times they're, they're on the other side on the North slope and they just kind of migrate over. And that's where they start finding feed is in that South slope. And then, you know, they'll go back and forth as everything changes. Um, as the temperature rises and that green starts to go up and the green starts to even come into that north slope, um, you know, it'll, it'll just change day to day to day. Uh, that, that year, last year, we went from nothing to saw a bear like three days in to like all of a sudden we're starting to see, you know, real salad coming up on the mountain. We're seeing, you know, balsam flowers, just the green parts. And then a few days after that, we're actually seeing flowers. It happened so fast. And then by the end of that trip, um, you know, eight, nine days in, we're seeing a lot of bears. Like the bears are just out. 
now. They're there's still some of them up at snow line. They're kind of hesitant. They're still sticking close to the dens, but they're out. And there's a lot more green on the lower end of the mountain. So, um, you know, that's what makes bear hunting fun is you can kind of follow that line as it rides up the mountain. Um, it's just a salad line for the most part. And, um, no, it's, it's a ton of fun. But one of the things that I do like to do is I do like to get really high up on a hill, a perch where I can kind of glass everything. Um, just tons and tons and tons of country and it's fun and you better be in shape for it because you're going to be up there and you may see a bear three, four miles away. Um, and then you got to cruise and try to relocate that bear. Maybe that's a day or two later that you're actually in his basin, in his area where you have to, again, try to pick him up. But that's that's one of the things that we like to do. Um, it's kind of the preferred method is get a great perch and just so you can glass and literally see a ton of country and you just don't know what drainage that bear is going to pop and, um, and then making a play. And a lot of times you're night hiking and doing whatever you can to get there to get eyes on that area a little bit closer the following day or two days later if it takes you that long to get there. So um again though that type of hunting requires some days and if you're there for a weekend it's probably not the best way to go but that's kind of what we like to do we like to carve those um 10 days out and just like every other hunt deer elk or whatever we're trying to get 10 days so we have the time to locate the animal make a play get in tight get a nice close shot so that's our that's been our like it's one of the funnest things for me when hunting spring bears. Um, but it is a lot of work and uh, that's what makes it fun. Wow. Great answer, babe. <laughs> Very thorough. Okay. This guy says, uh, I have always baited bears, never spot and stop. Any advice? Uh, sure. Yeah. I've never baited bears. Um, yeah, I've never known you to bait anything. No, never have. Uh, Got a lot of respect for guys that do it and have figured it's it out. There's definitely a in science. Washington, you couldn't, so you mm -hmm. just you just never got into it, and then you know you yeah. found a spot and stuff. Yeah, bait and bear is a great way to kind of be able to pick and choose the size bear, the mature bear that you're going for. You know, you get to see a lot of bears. Um, again, I've not done it, but uh, I know there's guys that you know you hear guys like Russ Meyer talk about it, and they're there's a science to it. I mean, there's, there's magic in how he does it for sure. And setting the bait site and where he positions himself and, um, and all that. Haven't done it. Maybe I will in the future, but I've always just kind of spot and stalked. And so, um, I just don't, maybe I, I have the patience for some reason to sit on a perch and glass around for hours or days. I don't have the patience to sit on a water hole or probably on a bait site. It's, or definitely any, like a tree stand just wouldn't have patience for that but i do like to be on my feet on the top of a mountain and glassing uh, as much country as possible and um, i think when it comes to spot and stock you know that's just that's just the name of the game is getting those perches being able to see a ton of country um, being very mobile as light as you can on your back not a, not a ton of weight and then just be ready to motor when you find a bear and do whatever it takes. If that's having a pack raft on your back to cross those raging spring creeks, then then have one with you or a set of waders. If you're not in a, you know, a larger creek, it's just something that you can cross over. Um, there's a lot of creeks that time of year that it's really hard to find a log to walk across. Uh, it's really hard to find a place that's not just going to wash your legs out from under you. Um, and obviously there's creeks that are not too bad, but uh, I've we've had a lot of times where one of the biggest struggles is getting across creeks to get to the other side, which is where we need to be. So um, I do pack a little set of, they're called, I think the brand of them is Choda waders. They're just a hip boot, really lightweight. There's a neoprene booty on them. Um, just a Gore-Tex, you know, um, just hip boot. And that's 
So I've used those for years, uh, back elk hunting in Washington state, hunting swamps and, uh, and then just using them for crossing creeks. If you just want to be quick and get across and not get wet. And then obviously if we're in a known area where it's an actual river, uh, we'll just take the pack rafts and blow them up, shoot across, go hunt. So, um, yeah, I guess, was that the, what, what was this question again? Baiting. I kind of got baiting. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's, that's would he be has, my advice. He has advice about, yeah, spot and stock. Yeah. Is, is getting those purchased and just getting your bear picked out. Um, you know, obviously if you're spotting and stocking, you're not going to want to be hunting the thick timber. Um, you know, in saying that though, you can definitely spot and stock, you know, big giant timber basins. If there's maybe a couple of little pocket parks in there that are going to hold some salad, they're going to green up. A lot of times those are just like an oasis for bears and they'll, they'll congregate in those little meadows if that's all you have for a food source on the mountain. So, um, those can be good. I tend to try to hunt areas where I can see more, whether that's a, a beetle killed area, an old burn, um, South slopes, just country where I can do a little bit more glassing, see a little bit more country. Um, and not just rely on a couple of little pocket parks on a, on a deep Canyon. That's just heavily timbered. So, um, but to each his own, if you're hunting North Idaho, pocket parks is where it's at. A lot of times you're just having, you know, a couple of little spots in these big areas that, um, a lot of the bears will end up there because that's where the sun is hitting. That's where the green is coming up first. But. Great. Um, what call do you use? Uh, just a distress call. So, um, yeah, folks have probably watched some of the videos we did last year, uh, kind of highlighted the calls quite a bit in some of the hunts. A lot of times those calls are used to either just stop a bear, turn a bear. Um, you know, early season, that's what, I mean, it's always around my neck. I have a little Primos distress call. Uh, you know, when it's April or first half of May, I'm using it more for that than calling them in, in the areas that we're hunting. We're not really, you don't really, uh, in my experience, we haven't really had a whole lot of luck calling in bears, not until those calves, um, start dropping those elk calves. And that tends to be the end, uh, third to fourth week in May, if not first week in June. And once those calves start dropping, the bears have been on the grass enough. Um, they've got their stomachs right and they're back to eating meat. So that's when you <laughs> just screaming on a distress call works so well is that end of May has been kind of the, the time frame for me that has worked really, really good. And it's a ton of fun, but, um, you know, if somebody watched the video last year, you just got to be on your game. You got, you got to, make sure your head's on a swivel. I uh, wouldn't recommend it in grizzly country, even though I've done it in grizzly country. It works great in grizzly country, if unless a grizz comes in, and then um, probably not footage. the best move. But bears will come in fast um, sometimes, and a lot of times they won't come in fast. A lot of times bears will come in really slow to a call. So I've seen it both ways. They're, that's what's cool about bears. They're not really predictable. Um, you know, other than that first kind of time frame when they're off their den, they found a nice green lush patch. They'll go back to that patch daily for a while, but once they become getting closer to the rut, man, they, they're just not predictable. They'll just, they'll walk over here and then they'll walk over there. And then the next day they'll just be over way over here. And it's like not a real pattern to them from what I've found. Um, sometimes they come into a call. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's fast on a dead run. Sometimes it's like reluctant to come in at all. So yeah, they're just, they're unique. They're just not predictable. But. Cool. Um, let's see. Wow. you got a lot on that place. Uh, how much does a boned out bear weigh? Boned out bear. So, um, probably not as much as people think. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that's are like, uh, you know, 150 pounds of bear meat off of a 300 pound bear. That's just not going to happen. Um, not that I've seen, 
it's going to be less than you would hope to get off of a bear. I would say on average, on average, you're going to get about 50 to 60 pounds of meat deboned off your mature bear. Uh, that's just an average. You can definitely get more than that. You can definitely just kill an absolute tank of a bear and get up to a hundred ish pounds. But boy, it really goes over that for black bears. Um, I would say most common guys are going to be coming out with 50, 60 pounds. Um, yeah, I think, I think they kind of figure, I would say, I would say maybe 30%, um, yield on bears, maybe 35. Um, I've heard people say 50 and there is not a chance. <laughs> There's no, no, no way that you're going to get 50% yield off of a bear. There, there's a lot of bone, um, really dense bone on bears. Um, I would say if you want to know the true way to your bear, um, go with a 30% yield on the meat, 35%. All right. Um, <clears throat> this guy asked why the bear, does it taste good or is it a sport thing? It is the best meat in my yeah. opinion. It's uh, a sport thing. Sure. It's fun. Um, it's a fun hunt. It's an adventure hunt. Uh, it's fun to be out there looking at them, watching bears. Um, it's like a, it's like an adult scavenger hunt, just trying to find them, um, that time of year. And then also the meat that comes with it is out of this world. That's, it's our favorite mm -hmm. meat here. That's why we, we kind of eat it up so fast. Um, that, and it is best to eat the bear meat quicker than you do say deer meat, elk meat. Mm -hmm lean meats you want it you can you can let those things soak in your freezer for a year two years i've had them three years on occasion um but a fatty bear uh roast in your freezer it will turn on you um that fat is what goes rancid on it and so you'll get more of a foul taste and i gotta think you know, back in the day when I used to hear that bear meat was so foul and gross. Now, maybe it was what they were feeding on. Maybe it was parked in skunk cabbage. Maybe it was a fish eater. Uh, maybe he's a dumpster diver. I don't know. But I've been eating just high mountain bears, and I've yet to come across a bad one. Now, I think if, you, if you're not real careful with bear, you can lose a bear really fast. It'll turn faster in the heat than it, than uh, deer will or elk will just because of the fatty nature to it. It'll go rancid there. And then you will not have the lifespan in your freezer as well. Um, bear fat, like if you've ever pulled bear fat off and thought you'd get around to rendering it later, it will go bad in your freezer surprisingly quick. So I would recommend um, try to have that bear meat if you don't can it. Or if you don't kind of put it up in that type of way, if you're just freezing it, try to trim off as much of the outside fat as you can. And then also just try to knock that thing out of your freezer within four, five, six months. And that's going to be the best tasting. And then after that, it's, you got potential for loss and definitely want to keep that freezer as cold as possible. So, um, bear meat's way different than a really lean deer or elk in my opinion cool um let's see what's your most common time of the day to put a stock on a black bear if you have one um i mean bears are usually moving and on their feet so we're not really waiting for them to go to bed or anything like that it's so different um typically you see one and you are moving as fast as you can to get close. Uh, I would say that question would be better phrased like what time of the day are you tending to just see bears more than, because mm. you put a stock on as soon as you see a bear typically. Um, that's just been my experience. So, huh, you know, we'll see bears in the mornings when we first get up, but it's a really low percentage if I'm being honest. Uh, there's two times of there's rainy days are not the best for bears. Will you see one on occasion? Sure. 
it's definitely way lower than like just an even a sunny bright sunny day um, those days can be really good right after a, a storm or whatever but uh, ra really rainy nasty days for whatever reason I don't know why um, my experience has been you don't tend to see as many bears on those days you also don't tend to see as many bears first thing in the morning um, you know kind of the magic window for me has been even out to 11 12 uh, till dark like say midday till dark that's probably been the highest um, you know two three o'clock seem to have a lot of action a lot of activity and then kind of as the as the evening progresses that's been that's been really good and then you'll hit a point in the season uh, more towards the end of the season where you will tend to see more bears like right at um, right at the time that the sun's going down versus midday but um, when we're spring hunting them you know late april all through may we tend to see them quite significant significantly like throughout the day like from 11 o'clock on during that window and that's just been when when you know we see them moving around as as much as any other time so uh but again i wouldn't say sleep in by any stretch we've seen bears in the mornings cruising across hillsides but um definitely if you're going to pick a time let's say 11 12 on till dark okay cool um let's see how long do you typically stay in an area without seeing a bear before you move um depends on the area for sure i think if you're in a spot like a perch that we like to find where you see multiple areas multiple canyons you can just kind of roll one side to the other and keep looking um it, it's kind of go by feel there's no there's no set in stone thing um you know if you're getting you know a, a good day and evening in and it just doesn't feel right you just didn't see anything um i wouldn't hesitate to move then there's other areas where everything looks just perfect looking at a beautiful north slope with some open on the south some green um we'll stay there for days just because we know we're probably going to see a bear there mm -hmm. um it is kind of just a gut instinct there's nothing nothing set i think a lot of these things are you kind of go with your gut on it um versus deer you know it's like if i'm hunting early season mule deer i'll put in a morning and an evening uh, maybe that next morning in an area that i think should have bucks and then i'll move on if i haven't seen anything in two or three sets but uh yeah bears just kind of go with your gut but i like those big perches where you're not just looking at one little basin you're you might be looking at you know several miles away and seeing three or four different big basins uh do you ever pack in salt for hides no i don't i don't um that is a that is a question that i've seen a lot um i'm not a big hide guy i know i've packed a few out um i used to pack more out i went through a spell where i wasn't packing any out when i was just solo hunting uh it was just meat and skull and then recently taken a few and i've taken the hides out with you know multiple people uh that we're hunting with but i don't know i uh honestly if i don't take the hide out i'm not feeling too bad about it i like getting the skull out typically have to bring the skull out um and then i'm you know i'm looking for that adventure i'm looking for that meat but uh you can only have so many hides i feel like so uh like it or not uh yeah i definitely don't bring out every hide and when you're solo hunting and you've got a pack on and you've got you know um you know whatever it is 100 pounds on your back with everything and the skull um i'm leaving that hide i'm just not taking it out but if it's a concern and you want to yeah a lot of guys will pack salt um you know i think i think more importantly than that is just getting it in a really cool spot and getting it the heck out of there um that night on a night hike whatever it takes but um you know we we do that a lot with 
all animals really um, when it's hot out and springtime can be really warm you know we'll we'll get everything hung and we'll either you know especially you know around a creek we'll try to get it a little bit up off that water in a shaded creek type area uh, we'll get the hides hung in a tree really shaded really cool and we'll just hike them out at night when it's coolest and um and try to get that thing out before you get the slip um but i don't i don't pack salt uh it's just it's way too heavy and i'm just not that concerned about the hide personally but if it's something that you want to do um i feel too like bear hides i mean we have yeah we got a bunch of bear hides and they're cool we got an actual bear rug and then we got two bear hides that were tanned just hanging out here on our they're huge like we only have so much room for bear hides like they take up a lot of space like you get like five six bear hides i mean your house is going to be, yeah, you, need a, you have like, you end up, they end up just sitting yeah, somewhere in a bag. Um, and then, you know, again, everybody's hunting for different reasons, but, uh, I want the meat. I want the adventure and that's good for me. Uh, I know there's probably a lot of younger guys that want to get a really nice bear hide though. So that's, um, it's definitely a concern, but my advice would be to try to get that thing skinned out hung cooled uh if you can find some breezy ridge where you can get that hide cooled down as much as possible and then night hiking that sucker out of there when it's at its coolest um that would be my choice versus packing in a big old heavy bag of salt because you have to have quite a bit of salt to do it right there's just not doing you any good right um Target preference, size or color phase? Size or color phase? Giant, old, mature color phase. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The hardest one to kill. Just mature bears. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Last. I I like jet blacks. Uh, I love those big old chocolates, those big cinnamons, the reds. Um, as long as they're of good size, we see a lot of blondes. I don't know why I see, seem to see more blondes every year. Um, blondes are cool, uh, but you don't typically find old, blondes mature blonde best. bears. <laughs> but those uh, those chocolates are really cool. If I had two big, giant, mature bears side by side, getting ready to fight, similar size. And there was a chocolate and a jet black, I would take the chocolate. Um, and if there was a red, I would take the red over the chocolate. Um, so, yeah. And this year, there's a bear that I definitely want to go for. He's just a beautiful red. We got video of him last year quite a bit, and he eluded us. He came in, but we didn't get him. Um, and that's that's the bear that I'm going for this year in this area. So he's just a big old beautiful bright red. Looks orange on the mountain. He's just beautiful. Um, he's got everything. He's got the color and he's got the size to him. Uh, just little ears on the side of his head. And he's just a magnificent bear. Yeah. Okay. Um, what caliber rifle? Um. I'm shooting a 6.5 RPM from Weatherby. I, you know, I don't know. It, you can get in the weeds on this one. Um, there's going to be people that say you shouldn't shoot anything less than a 30 cal. Uh, I would, I would argue. I look. Bears are not as tough as I think a lot of people give them credit for. In my opinion, they're a soft target. They've got a soft hide. Uh, they do have large bones, but if you hit a bear center to center, um, that bear's not going far. And I don't care what caliber it is. I've shot bears with my bow. I've shot bears with a 270. I've shot bears with a 300. I'm, I'm shooting bears now with a 6.5, and they've all taken down the bears. Um, and I've seen not a whole lot of difference amongst them. But again, I think a lot of that comes with the old adage is it's shot placement for sure. Uh, doesn't really matter what cow you are. And that's why I'm always preaching 
personally, I like to get within 300 yards, no matter what it is. If it's deer, elk, bear, um, I can't say elk. I've only hunted elk with the rifle once, but uh, I just prefer to get 300 and in. So I know I'm going to be putting it right through those lungs at 300 and in, and I'm not going to have to worry about that bear running away. And, um, you know, with the 6.5 I'm shooting now, I have a ton of confidence in that gun. It's really, really lightweight, which serves us really well for what we do on these big backcountry trips, especially the miles that we're putting on to get into these areas. And then the day in and day out, you know, 10, sometimes 12 day trips. Um, I much prefer to have my six and a half pound RPM than, you know, a nine pound something else. And so, um, I am, have all the confidence in the world and in, in my six, five RPM, which is what I'm shooting right now. But I mean, seven mm, any 30 cal, they're all going to crush. And, uh, but it is my opinion that bears are not <laughs> as tough as maybe some people get them credit for. Um, they are big bone. They do have some pretty dense bones on them, but shot placement is big. And I think what a lot of people do and what gives bears that reputation for being so tough is a lot of people on the shot placement, they put that bullseye a little bit too far forward. Um, and they end up shooting them in front of the shoulder. Uh, and what I've found with bears is there is a gap up front there, like their zone of kill is just a little bit farther back than it is with deer and elk. Um, and I've had a lot of people, even just the last few years say, you know, I've hit it. I hit a bear felt really good. It was perfect shot. Um, but then like further figuring out like where their shot placement was, it's kind of a little bit far forward. And uh, a lot of times guys will hit that front shoulder and yeah, that bear will run away. But, um, I try to convince people center of center is really what you should be going for center of center. It was just like a scotch in front of center of center towards those lungs a little bit. Um, and that has always worked really well for me, uh, bow or rifle. They just deflate really, really quick when you're more center of center than if you are well forward of center up around that shoulder. Um, and look, I'm sure there's a billion people out there that have experiences shooting them in the, in the front quarter of the, you know, where that shoulder is and, and it crushes that bone and they go down. But there's a lot of bears that get away from people um, that are just hitting them a little bit too far forward, in my opinion. Okay, so there's a ton of questions about what states are best for bear hunting, in your opinion. I mean, obviously. What states? You haven't hunted a lot of bears, but. All western states, I think, are good for bear hunting. It just depends on, it's like the which range is better. Like, you just pick a range. You, you're looking at a Rocky Mountain state, um, just like Montana. Almost every range has bears. Uh, there's a lot of questions about guys wanting to come to Montana or they have tags in Montana. Mm. So they want to know like what elevation are you looking at in Montana? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll speak to that. I think the where, what States, I mean, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, depends on the seasons they give you. Um, California has a crud ton of, they, they're all, you know, they've all got a lot of bears and, um, but I'll speak to like my experience here. I think elevation, that's, that's the name of the game is the elevation because you're really trying to find, um, first off, if you're hunting in, in April when they're just out of their dens, yeah, you're looking at snow line a lot of times, or you're looking down, um, in the bottoms where you're starting to get that green up where the sun's hitting it in the morning and it's starting to kind of climb that hill. Um, and that'll be a completely different, uh, location come end of May. You know, there'll be a lot more bears up on the top of the hill. They'll be up five, 6,000 feet end of May in a lot of areas. Um, 
And saying that though, even in the end of May in certain places, even here in Montana, um, it's hard to get into certain areas when the snow is so deep so that, um, you know, you're forced to hunt a little lower on the hill, I guess. Um, my preference for this state, uh, as well as even places in Idaho, uh, mid to late May is great. Um, just because it allows you access to so many more areas, uh, and that snow is not keeping you back. But if you're willing to snowshoe over some passes and then start dropping into some tucked away spot, that can be fantastic. But, um, inevitably you're going to, you're probably going to drop some elevation. So uh, I think, you know, where I treat my April hunts is so different area wise than my late May hunts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at 3000 to 4,500 feet typically in April. Um, and then, you know, in late May, I'm looking up to 6,000, sometimes 7,000 feet in places. Uh, it just depends on where that snow line is, what kind of weather you're getting. Is it hot? Um, you're looking for the salad. You're looking for those chartreuse patches where the green is just so bright and that's just drawing in the bears. It's really about food. So that green wave, it's a great way to think about it is just, uh, ride that green wave as it gets warmer, as it gets later in the year, it just continues to climb all the way up. And that's where those bears are going to be. seems to me it. I would think with all these animals, it's either food or ladies. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because Two essential things. then you food come that last week ladies. of May and first week of June, you know, then the rut kicks in and then yeah. gosh, bears can be almost anywhere at that in certain areas. Um, you know, Southern part of <laughs> Idaho or Montana or whatever, that elevation can be 8,000 feet at that point. Okay, so I have places. a question for you because I remember last year you got a lot of video of different bears and you post, you've posted this on your social media quite a bit. Like, what is this? Is this a sow? Is it a boar? Is it a, mm -hmm. um, how do you tell between a sow and a boar? It's tough. It doesn't have cubs. Yeah, it's tough. It really is. Um, you have is to watch them for certain, a while. Is there like look they have? Is there a broadness of their shoulders? Is there mm -hmm. like is their butt different? Like is their yep. face different? All the things. So oh. here's what I've noticed, and I love posting like sour boar videos, right? Because I love hearing people's. They're so confident in their answers sometimes. Um, like I see comments such as, "Oh, that's a sow all day, every day. Look at look at the ass on that thing, you know." Or Look at the shoulders, clearly a sow, or look at the head, how wide it is, clearly a boar. Um, most of the time they're wrong. Um, a lot of the times they're wrong. Uh, I think when people are that confident, <laughs> they haven't maybe had as much experience with, with them up there. It's tough. I don't care who you are, how long you've been hunting them, sometimes it's tough, and you have to watch them for a bit. I've seen sows that look broad-shouldered, um, broad-faced, and they look like a boar. And then a cub comes walking out. And then you're like, wow, you know, I, I would have blown that one. Uh, and then there's times where, yeah, they're, they're a little bit thinner in the front and the shoulders where those boars do kind of have, especially the, you know, it gets easier to tell on a mature boar. He's got a swagger to him. His shoulders are really broad. Um, especially if he's straight on and you can get that visual, but, um, the ladies tend to have a bigger, wider ass on the back. Yep. And then it kind of will taper a little bit. Um, sometimes, you know, you can watch them, you know, either squat or watch them urinate, you know, a bears or a boar is obviously going to come from them that back quarter. And then, um, female's going to, squat and it's going to come out the rear so yeah, i mean how long do you wait to see if a if a sow has cubs i mean what because it depends on the terrain you're in there's there's definitely areas where you know you watch them for five minutes there's no cub around you know that's a that's a you know no cub um and honestly 
if it doesn't have cubs and it's a really large mature, I know a lot of guys, they don't care if it's a boar or a sow. Um, it's a big old bear and then they're going to take it. And, um, you know, sometimes taking a, a really old, big old sow is, man, there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, I think the name of the game is identifying that they don't have cubs. And then if that bear is something that you'll be happy with, uh, it's going to give you a lot of meat. Who really cares if it's a sow or a boar? Now, obviously we're going for the boars. We're going for the biggest, oldest, mature animals on the hill. Um, the ones that are out chasing down cubs and eating cubs, uh, you know, those are the ones that we're trying to go for, but everybody's at a different level when it comes to bears. So we do like to watch those things and just try to make our best guess, uh, as far as if it's a, if it's a boar, or if it's a sow. If a bear's being baited, do the cubs come out as well? Yeah. Usually the cubs will come in to a bait with, with the mother. They don't usually leave them too far. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing. I mean, it's fun to watch a mother with cubs. And if any other boar comes in, I mean, we've had some of the funnest visuals is watching a big old mother with two or three cubs. Um, she will chase those things or, you know, she'll make a sound, run them up a tree that mother will go chase a boar away and um it's a lot of fun watching and they're they're sharp i mean sometimes that those cubs will run like 40 50 feet up in the top of a tree and they're just hanging out up there for a long period of time sometimes that mother will just kind of hang at the base of the tree and watch and sometimes she'll actually sprint off and, and chase away another bear but um they gotta be so good to try to keep those cubs alive because those boars they're out there just looking for them and they're, they are scarfing down a lot of, a lot of cubs. It's just nature and they're eating a lot of them. So, um, and that's, that's one of the reasons why we go for some of those oldest boars, you know, it keeps the, the bear population real healthy when you're taking out the oldest of, of the mix. And, um, those are tend tend to be the ones that have a shot at getting through that old mother and getting those cubs. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun though. And, but again, you can tell, you can tell if, if, uh, if I wasn't clear, you know, looking at that, looking at the ass end of a, of a, a big old sow is one good identifier. The ladies have, yeah, it's distinct sometimes, sometimes it's not so much, but, oh, uh, shoulders, sense. I mean, they have babies, right? They carry their, their pelvic bones are yeah. wider, just like a woman's hips tend to be wider than a man's hips. Mm -hmm. She has children, you know? Yeah. But I will, again, I'll say this a million times because it's, it makes me laugh when I hear people so confident, so confident. Like I could tell just in a photo that that's a sow and they tend to be wrong or I could just tell so easy. Look at that. Look at the face on that. It's definitely a boar. How many times do I get them wrong on those little videos? A lot. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It never will be easy. It doesn't matter if you've hunted 40 years. Um, it still takes time to really try to identify. And sometimes it's really difficult. So, all right. Well, we are coming up on an hour, babe. Um, a lot, you have so many questions there, it's crazy. But a lot of them are fairly similar. Like you answered a lot of questions that mm -hmm. uh, people had. Let me just make sure there's nothing else that... Um... Well, we'll probably come back and do another podcast. We're literally weeks, a couple yeah, weeks away so from you guys are heading us going in to, in a couple weeks and then to the hills. Done, you'll have more stories to tell. So yep. that'll be good. Um, yep. Anyways... And That's so, great. yeah, yeah, with all those questions, there's probably a bunch more we could go through on another podcast, but we'll keep this one somewhat short. Hopefully guys are getting jacked up and ready to go out. I know um, states like Idaho have already opened up. It's really early though. Um, I just got a report from guys over there and it was just well, it is, no green grass is showing today, at all. It says it's 74 degrees right now at our house. Yep. And, uh, well, I've been hiking every day. And so yeah. even here, like 5,300 feet to 6,000 feet, there's green grass mm -hmm. all over the mountain yeah. um, where I'm at. But you go 
15 miles, 20 miles to the east oh, here, and it's it's snowy. Mm -hmm. So it's just where we're at. But it is so warm that it just feels like spring bear right now. You see that kind of that hint of green just coming up in all the yards around here. It's it's exciting stuff. So hopefully guys are getting ready and um, got their gear dialed, got their legs in shape because that's what it takes, I think, to be really successful year after year with bears is the ability to, um, once you do find one, to just go for it and give it all you have. So if you're hunting a certain way. All right, we're, we're going crawdad and we better go if we're going to go. Yep. All right. Peace out, everyone. Happy spring <laughs> bear hunting.